This episode contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Non-Binary 101. Even my name is Kevin, my pronouns are he, him, and his, and I identify as non-binary. So non-binary is someone who doesn't identify yes. as exclusively male or female, basically anybody who is or outside of I knew that I was non-binary because growing up there's been a rise in symptoms of Tourette syndrome, mostly among teen girls. And the social media app TikTok might be to blame. So, for example, someone might feel like TikTok is honestly the new Tumblr. I feel like all those communities, even though it's a different generation completely, are still popping up online, specifically on TikTok. The algorithm, a formula used to determine the content users see while scrolling social media. Social media companies will claim that algorithms help users find posts and videos relevant to their interests, but how do algorithms actually work? And are they leading thousands of children down dark and dangerous rabbit holes? I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and this is episode two of Exposed, The War on Texas Kids. Do you know how easy it is to completely change your body with hormones? I grew within my first month of being on testosterone. They tend to dance around the children more. They tend to get tipped when they're around the children more because parents are handing the children their money. Why is it so necessary to constantly remind kids of the gender binary that we as a society literally made up? Drag is an exploration of what gender can be. Around 2017, social media platforms started changing what content users saw on their homepage. Instead of ordering posts chronologically, companies started using algorithms to arrange the homepage based on users' interests, placing, of course, the most relevant content at the top. Today, every social media company has a unique algorithm specifically designed to retain users' attention and keep them on the app for as long as possible. Platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter entice people to stay on their sites by serving them content based on their hobbies, favorite TV shows, and other interests, meaning users will see way more advertisements and generate more money for the company. After officials across the country forced Americans to stay indoors during the COVID-19 pandemic, thousands of adults and children spent more and more time on social media at the mercy of algorithms. Now, can we talk about how accurate TikTok's algorithm is now? It's like kind of scary a little bit. It's like, how does it know exactly what I'm going through as I'm going through it? And then it shows me that on my For You page. I'm like, damn, they know before me. Like, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? I duetted a video this guy made about saying how accurate the algorithm is. It listed off like all of these like very specific and random traits that I happen to possess. It was really scary accurate. So I wanted to see if I could do it with my niche as well. Although all social media platforms face criticism for abusing algorithms, one company in particular is accused of wiring their apps specifically for addiction. After popular video sharing program Vine shut down in 2016, some teenagers migrated to an app called Musical.ly and started posting comedy sketches and videos of themselves lip syncing to songs. Now, as the app gained popularity with kids and teenagers, Chinese media company ByteDance saw an opportunity and purchased the platform for $1 billion in November 2017. ByteDance then combined Musical.ly with their own video sharing platform called TikTok. Ten months after ByteDance purchased the app, TikTok was more popular than Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or even Snapchat. 
In 2018, TikTok was downloaded more than 1 billion times on the App Store, and by February 2019, the platform had close to 27 million United States users. But it didn't stop there. According to Statista, by April 2022, most of TikTok's users were based right here in the United States, with more than 136.5 million Americans on the app. TikTok is now the fastest-growing social media platform, all thanks to its highly intelligent algorithm. So in addition to tracking if a user likes a post, followed an account, or searched for a specific term, TikTok's algorithm monitors how long you spent watching each video, and if you watch long enough, they'll show you more of the same content. So what does this mean for kids? Although TikTok's terms of service call for users under 18 years old to only use the app with parental supervision, the platform really has no real barriers to entry for children. TikTok places users under 13 years old in a version of the app that only features age-appropriate videos. However, TikTok doesn't verify users' ages, meaning any child younger than 13 years old can avoid all restrictions by simply using, yes, a different birthday. And if their parents don't monitor their social media activity, they can view all of TikTok's content. In TikTok's early days, most videos revolved around dance challenges, lip-syncing to popular songs, and comedic skits. However, as the app gained popularity, it also attracted much darker subcultures. Jeffrey Dahmer did unspeakable acts, all of which ending in murder, to 17 different victims, making him one of the most demented but popular serial killers in recent history. Now, back in September, Netflix released a documentary series about this man documenting his life and all the sick shit he did. Now, how do you think TikTok reacted when this documentary went viral? Did they A, react in disgust to this man's awful crimes they now learned about, or B, somehow feel bad for the serial killer? and go on to defend him on TikTok. If you selected A, you have too much hope in this generation, they obviously went B. Hey guys, so today, as you can see by the title, we're gonna be talking about TikTok yet again. I could probably make a whole series just on TikTok because it is so prevalent right now. So much content is being posted every second. But of course, today we are going to be discussing eating disorders. So, so I think that's like popcorn that they're eating and then some type of grain in the second meal. And then the last one is just more grains with like half the bell pepper. This is not sustainable for any human being. And it's very concerning because this already has 32.3K likes. And people might be watching this and thinking that they need to follow this diet. And this is just very, very not healthy. Although TikTok is the most popular app worldwide for kids and teens, it's not the only place on the internet where children can regularly come into contact with dark, sexualized subcultures. From videos on the YouTube Kids app depicting suicide and referencing sex change operations, to the recent Balenciaga ad featuring a child holding a teddy bear dressed in bondage gear, the current culture sees no problem whatsoever feeding children sexualized content. But what happens when adults desensitize kids to sexually explicit language and actions? This was gigantic. This is the first time a drag queen has ever been put on the uh, cover A drag queen? A drag queen? I am the queen of drag. <laughs> Over the past few decades, drag shows have become a staple in the LGBT community. These shows feature men cross-dressing as women and lip-syncing to popular songs while dancing provocatively. In 2009, drag entered mainstream culture when RuPaul's Drag Race first aired. 
The show, featuring drag queens competing for prize money, is currently in its 14th season and has inspired numerous spinoffs and international versions while becoming a pop culture sensation. Recently, concerned citizens have drawn attention to all-ages drag shows where venues allow children to attend sexualized performances. According to independent journalist Taylor Hansen, who has gone undercover to report on all-ages drag shows, the performances resemble something you would find at a strip club. The biggest thing that they do is they tend to dance around the children more. They tend to get tipped when they're around the children more because parents are handing the children their money in order to hand to these drag queens. I mean, so they actively go out and look for the children in the audience. And, you know, when they talk, there's usually the one will have a mic, the host. And, you know, they'll be talking in a sexual manner the entire time. They'll be making sexual jokes as children are present. And they'll be doing it actually to the children as well, you know, expecting these kids to understand and to almost uh, take part in the event. And what's really, you know, the, the worst part for me is how they intentionally expose themselves to the children is they'll, you know, they see a child and they're sitting at a table and, you know, multiple occasions they'll hop up on the table and they're wearing a dress and, you know, panties and then they'll do leg kicks above the kid's head or they'll do, you know, a jumping uh, split right in front of children. Um, so they definitely do intentionally expose themselves to children. Hansen described one all-ages drag show where he witnessed a mom pressuring her son into disclosing his sexuality. I was sitting next to a child at a uh, bar and the bartender was serving drinks over his head in this instance and he was with you know his two parents and then another woman was there so I don't know you know what that relationship is like if it's polyamorous there's three women in it um, but you know the bartender was actually having a conversation with this child he was no older than 10 years old I would say probably eight years old um, he had a Nintendo DS and a Rubik's Cube the entire event and while she was talking while he was talking to uh, this child the bartender you know he asked him hey you know are you gay and the child just straight up told him, he said, no, you know, I'm not gay. And his mom, at least what I perceived to be his mom, butt in and, you know, began almost bickering back and forth with the kid and saying, you know, yeah, no, he is gay. Don't let him, you know, lie to you. He's just nervous. He's just shy about, you know, his sexuality. In June 2022, Mr. Mr., a Dallas gay bar, invited patrons of all ages to attend their Drag the Kids to Pride show. At the event, drag queens accepted dollar bills from children and had them walk on stage in front of a bright pink neon sign reading, It's Not Gonna Lick Itself. Now, following the event, concerned citizens called on Texas comptroller Glenn Hager to classify venues that host these drag shows as sexual-oriented businesses, which would prohibit minors from attending. Hager refused to act and instead punted the issue to lawmakers. Despite the backlash to Mr. Mr.'s show, venues continued holding all-ages drag shows. In July 2022, Houston restaurant Hamburger Mary's hosted a family-friendly drag show. The Anderson Distillery and Grill in Roanoke, Texas, held an all-ages Barrel Babes drag brunch in August 2022. In September 2022, the First Christian Church in Katy, Texas, put on an all-ages drag bingo event and invited children into their transparency closet, where minors could pick out clothing and dress as the opposite sex, all without their parents' knowledge. Elon Musk's SpaceX sponsored an all-ages drag show in October 2022, where kids watched drag queen Harlot Hussey rub his genitals. But why are more and more venues across the state hosting these all-age drag shows? And I've talked to multiple of these performers after the shows, you know, in my disguises when they don't realize who I am. And I ask them the intention 
of you know having all age performances for kids and the whole reason is quite literally grooming and they say it on camera is that they want to expose young children to drag at a young age because then more uh, as they grow up you know more children are going to be doing drag which is the definition of grooming that is quite literally the only reason why they say all ages on it is because they want to encourage you to bring your child. They want to make it seem like, you know, an inclusive environment, all are welcome, when really not all are welcome, just the people that they want to groom. I mean, it's the symptom of a dying society. From social media videos glorifying serial killers to drag shows featuring cross-dressing men dancing sexually, kids across the United States face exposure to disturbing content from every direction, including in their classrooms. Next time, we'll take a look at how our state's education system is exposing children to pornographic books and radical gender ideologies. Three ways that you can make your classroom a little bit more inclusive to LGBTQIA plus students this coming up school year. One, let's get rid of boy-girl classrooms going into next school year. So today during class, um, one of my classes were just all over the place. They would not stop talking and they always know how to get me. Ask me questions about sex ed, and I'm sucked into your loophole. Exposed is a production of Texas Scorecard. Scorecard provides news and journalism you can trust. Go to texasscorecard.com today to learn more. This episode was edited and recorded by Drew Cook, written by Katie Drollinger, and hosted by Sarah Gonzalez.